But when you can really do this exercise of looking back and seeing what has come out of those situations, then that can become an opportunity for growth and, and a big shift in life. So yeah, I wonder where were that where you have experienced that specifically in your life. Um, there are so many moments that I often, I, I would say to myself and my wife, I said, could it get any worse? Right. Yeah. And that is such an important part of our experience, right? The more we get attuned to that and the more we pay attention to it and we hear what it is that it needs or is telling us, and the more we can be in harmony with that part of ourselves. And actually, you know, talking about getting a little more woo-woo, right, manifestation, that's really the place where you manifest from. I'm Fatih Light. And I'm Rick Rupenthal. Welcome to An Honest Look. Where we look at transformation from the inside out. Unplugged. Unscripted. And in the moment. <laughs> and we're live. Hello, Fatih. Hello, Rick. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's It seems like uh, forever that we've... <laughs> I know. I haven't seen you in, what, two weeks? At least. Yes, at least. Right. right. Did you miss me? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So you had to think about it. <laughs> no, I didn't have to think about it. No. No, I appreciate our conversations every week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We had some extra conversations in between, so. Um, yes. Well, welcome back. It's good to see you. Um, Thank you. Forward to chatting and diving deeper into this reflection piece that I think it's really, really important, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Bases back into what we, we we what we had shared a couple of weeks ago, and right. um, yeah, yeah. And welcome everyone. If you have any questions, go ahead and put them in the chat interact with us show us your love yeah just say even even just say hello just so we we know we're actually talking to somebody but i you know even it's actually been fun to um just to know like like doing this as a partnership right takes takes a lot of pressure i've done i've done something similar to this just on my own um and there's this I don't know how radio hosts can do it on their own, like talking yeah. to themselves. Yeah, because that's what they have to do, right? They have to pretend that they're actually there's somebody behind out there in the wavelengths to right. listen to. Hey, Angela, good to see you. Hi, Angela, good to see you. It's been a while. All right, so shall we dive a little bit into this? Right, we we have talked about a lot of different things. Are you frozen? Um, okay, now you're better. No, it's just it says I'm unstable, but that's that's normal. <laughs> Your connection is unstable, right? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm I'm a little uh, I'm I'm going light right now, so uh, right, right. I just I feel very humorous. <laughs> so so yeah so. Like dive into this we did a little bit of diving into you know looking at my story we looked a little bit at your story as well we looked at you know like I think when we tell a story it's entertaining and it's great and you can start getting a sense of where someone came from and what has led them to do what they do but then it's important to also like start taking a bird's eye view and looking at you know all these different events how they have how they have led us to where we are and what do we learn from them that's really where the learning is right that's really where the growth comes from yeah for sure i mean i know that you know i always have troubles with bios right. you know um even even in my website you know putting together this about thing you know which is supposed to describe a little bit about your background and various other things but i you know and what I tell my clients is the, the past doesn't define you. It only describes a lot of things that happen to you. 
And yeah, there are lessons, lessons learned in that. And in, in the moment, they don't seem that way, but it's only on reflection, right? So I can see, yeah, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for everything that I experienced over the years, I wouldn't really be here today. Right. right. But what's really interesting is I didn't plan to be here today either in the sense of if you would ask me, you know, a few years ago. So what do you think? Where, where, where will you be in two years? I said, I would, I would, I don't know. Like I never had a podcast in the plan. Right. So <laughs> what's that? I definitely didn't. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and we talk about this, you know, how spontaneous it all, all sort of happened. And, and, you know, I, I just came back from a, a two week vacation and, um, and part of that vacation um, in the plan, you know, this planning, right? There's a little bit of planning involved. Right? You have to pack your bags and figure out what you're going to take. And you have to get to the to the terminal. And, you know, there's various logistical things that you have to do. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to keep my plans during the trip very loose. And that was one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the years is right. not to hold on so tightly to my plans right that it would upset me if if the, if nothing happened right, and, and we attached to the actual plan that we planned absolutely yeah absolutely and so it was quite fun even though um part of the party did a lot of planning like there's an app that we could we all shared and there's the calendar when you're on a cruise ship Every hour can be filled with something. Right. Everything from um, uh, trivial games to karaoke to dance lessons to, you know, you name it. It's all there. And, and if you want to fill up every hour of your trip, you can. Right. Well, I found my calendar quite full. <laughs> kind of a thing. And, and oh so, and it's sort of like, wow, I'm going to be really busy or we're not. And, and I, and I basically said at the beginning, I says, well, you know, really, I have no agenda. Like I have no must twos. I just, you know, let's just get on and, and just see what happens. It's interesting to note that with all the planning and everything else, even though it was a lot of it was done in tongue in cheek. Um, Cause they even uh, booked me in a marriage game. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Eh? Wow. And uh, um, which would have been fun. But even then, the, as soon as we got on board, the plans all dropped. Right, right. And it was more about, let's just go with the flow. Let's just see what's happening. And I find that more and more, my biggest takeaway over the years is to let loose of my expectations and my plans. Right, right. Yeah. Hey, Deborah, thanks for joining us. So, so I wonder, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to speak for you, but for me, one of the first times in my life when I realized that the amount of effort that we put into planning and, you know, like trying to control how our lives are going to go and all of that, the, the, the first time that that complete, it wasn't the first time, but we really sunk in because I was a little bit older was when I lost my husband. Right? Mm -hmm. when I was faced with actually really i started feeling that once he got sick right when something that you couldn't have predicted comes in and it just requires all your attention right and like messes up your plans and that was really you know obviously i didn't completely embrace it initially it took many years actually to embrace that right i can see that today, you know, after doing so much work on myself, after really shifting the way I look at life, right? Really shifting out of victim, right? Shifting out of that and being able to just pause, look at facts and situations for what they were and what has unfolded. And instead of focusing on how unfair they were, right? I mean, yeah. we could sit here and argue that it was really unfair, right? But that's not gonna, right? That just keeps you in a place of feeling victim. 
two circumstances, right? It really is once once I have stepped out of looking at life from that perspective that I was able to see how how many big lessons were in there, right? Mm-hmm. Some tough ones, right? Some tough ones, some real, real, um, what do we want to call them wake-up calls, right? Like I really sensed, you know, I touched the fragility of life, right? How much we take that for granted, totally. that, you know, that people that we love are going to be there and that every day, you know, things are going to stay the same and that we have our health and that we have, you know, a stability and a roof on our heads or a job or whatever it is. And it really is in those moments where those like things that we use to feel stable and grounded, those are being challenged that, you know, everything starts shaking up. And, you know, in those moments, even, even where I'm at today, it sucks. It's not, right? No one loves it. No one would intentionally call it in, but it's life, right? Yes. And, it's meant. and the longer you stay just focused on rejecting that something is happening, and the longer you're going to suffer in that situation, right? But when you can really do this exercise of looking back and seeing what has come out of those situations, then that can become an opportunity mm-hmm. for growth and, and a big shift in life. So yeah, I wonder where were that where you have experienced that specifically in your life. Um, there are so many moments that I often I, I would say to myself and my wife, I says, could it get any worse? Right. <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. You know, and and yet here we are, right? Which, which I think is a testament to the human resilience, the human spirit. You know, there, there was a phrase that, that floated around, um, around, you know, we've, we've survived every uh, bad thing, or I forget how the phrase went, but, you know, every worst case scenario we've already overcome. Right. And, and it just seems like, could it get any worse? And, you know, and, and, and things, things like you said, happen, right? I, I didn't plan on losing my job. I didn't plan on getting cancer. I didn't plan on having, you know, my parents, you know, get ill. Um, But my grounding in, in understanding that the circumstances don't define who I am. What defines me is from the inside out. Who am I going to be in that moment was far more important than what the actual event was. Right. And, and the more I started to practice about, okay, this is what's happening and not add a lot of, you know, extra meaning, which would be that personal thing. Like you were talking about being a victim. Oh, I hear I am. Again. This is happening to me. You're not right. I'm cursed, you know, like, Oh, totally. and, it's, and it's easy to go there. It's really oh, easy and normal 100%. to go there for a moment, right? Yeah. But it's so disempowering. It just really feels hopeless. Well, not only hopeless, but then then what you do is, because our ego works this way, is, okay, I need to solve this situation. Now right. I'm going to try and change my circumstances so I don't feel this way anymore. And that that was just spinning my wheels over and over again until I realized it's not the circumstances. What needs to change is what's inside. How am I how my thoughts are affecting the experience? When that changed, the experience changed, the the circumstances changed. Right. The event, the event was still the same. Right. But I was I was empowered to act differently, and and more possibilities showed up. Different possibilities show up, and that's that's where the the touchstone to miracles. That's when synchronicity happens. Synchronicity. Oh, whatever. <laughs> hey, come on! I think English is my third language. I'm not sure what the other first two are, but I can't speak them either. But. <laughs> No, but it's it's very true because I mean within that moment of feeling like everything is falling apart and all this stuff is happening to you, mm-hmm. now you're trying to 
believe a story that everything is happening to you. And yeah. guess what? Things are going to continue to happen to you, right? Because you are in a position now where that you're not the author of the things that are happening to you. So there's nothing you can do about it, right? You don't even see any other possibilities because the story is and the belief is life is unfair and things are happening to me. Yes. The more unfair and more things happening to you are created. And yeah. honestly, if someone had said this to me while I was in the thick of some of this yes. stuff, yes. I really punched them in the face. Oh, totally. <laughs> right? Totally. Because it really felt, especially when someone that you love dies or gets ill and, you know, he was so young and all this stuff, like it is easy to just go into feeling that way. But really what that is, is anger, right? You're feeling angry about what is happening because it's painful, because it's, you know, it's not what you want yeah. in your life, right? But once you if, once you shift out of how can I change the way I feel about this from the inside out, then you start really seeing possibilities that you couldn't see before, and you start experiencing the situation in a different way. And really, all that there is to do ahead of that is allowing the emotions that come up to come up and expressing them, right? Express the anger, express the sadness. But we tend when we go into like fixing mode, when we go into, ah, I'm going to change what's happening on the outside, we get into that fight or flight push mode, and there is no room for processing, there is no room for crying, there is no room for allowing ourselves to feel, because if I feel it, then, you know, like, I'm basically admitting that this situation is going to take over. Like, we have so many stories around why we're not allowing ourselves to feel things. It's not about crying and it's not about the sadness being present that's not the thing that we need to go fix the thing that we need to go fix is really allowing that to express and then really changing the way we look at it well what am i learning from this and how can i show up differently and and it's by no means easy no 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 i mean that's what that's what we call about the work right it's um you know it, it is uncomfortable it's because you're changing direction right it's like, like I tell people, you know, like cross your arms, right? And then cross them the other way. It, it doesn't feel right. right. So we, we, we have these habits that are ingrained with us culturally, you know, right. through, through our influences of, you know, our parents and, and, and various other things that we, we came up with it on conclusions. But you're absolutely correct. You know, like, um, like my dad, even, even my dad, you know, gets, gets mad at himself for getting emotional. Right. Um, because that's that that was his culture thing, right? Um, you remember the phrase, oh, you're crying, I'll give you something to cry about, you know, kind of thing. It's like right. <laughs> you right. know, it's like as if I need more things to, to cry about. But your that was another good lesson about freeing up the emotion because it takes, and I heard this uh, today actually earlier, it takes a ton of thinking to hold back a ton of thinking the suppression it actually takes a lot of thinking a lot of yeah, yeah. like coping all these yeah. coping mechanisms that form around it that then be, they become unconscious they still drain our energy oh totally and there's a big there's a fight yeah. right yeah. and and people uh, you know I, i've had clients you know talk to me uh, later and they go i can't stop crying i can't seem to be you know and what that is is it's, it's just a damn You've been holding the dam back for so long that that you you know you, the big fight and the struggle, and now that you've recognized what you're doing and released the dam, you're having this um, a detox, right. a detox of emotions, and so they're all going to flood out, and eventually it'll all settle and and things will be good again. But in the moment, it feels like oh, I'm losing it. No, you're, you're, yeah, you are losing it, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and oftentimes I think what, what really helps is to not try to intellectualize why the tears are there. Why am I crying? Right. Because then we get into our heads about why we're crying and then we feel bad about that. You know, there's yeah. so much, so much, so much conditioning around all of that. Like yeah. how, whether or not is you know okay to cry, whether or not is okay. It wasn't okay for me as a you know young adult to be depressed. That wasn't okay. 
right? As if I had a choice, right, in that. And, but, you know, the one thing that I would say looking at this from a you know, bird's eye view that I'm really realizing, looking at my whole life and all the different events that have led me here, what I'm seeing is a major shift in paradigm has already happened from when I was a kid and, you know, a young adult in my, you know, in my teens yeah. until today, how much more open we are about these conversations and how, you know, important it is that we normalize them, right? And that is very much what I see is my purpose, right? Because I've been through all of these things, right? Because of how painful it was, because of how I've experienced them, and because of how I know how unhealthy it is mm -hmm. to suppress them and to just linger in them and to just rehearse and be in that victim mode. Now I can be here and speak about it so openly and help others see things differently, right? So talking about looking back and what have I learned, I learned a lot from those really painful experiences, you know, and I learned that it wasn't all for nothing because that is also something that I really felt along the way. Like I didn't really understand why I was going through the things that I was going through. It felt, it felt like a waste of a life, a waste of my time, right? But now that I look at it from the from the point of view that I have today, I really see the huge value that it has had in my life. Like I really, given the circumstances and given the, you know, my background and the, you know, like the, this generational stuff happening, that really was the way for me to be able to put the brakes on and like completely shift something. Like, you know, in my case, and, you know, we talked about often about whether or not it's necessary to hit rock bottom. In my case, it was. In my case, it was. That's what led me to change things completely. Many rock bottoms, actually. It wasn't just one, right? Yeah. So there was huge value in it. And yes, it is a lot easier, you know, once you're past it to see it this way than while you're in it. But also reminding yourself of that while you do go through you know, difficult moments can really help you out of those moments a little bit faster. Because, you know, truth be told, like something tragic may happen tomorrow and we, we can all sink back into pain and feeling like a victim and feeling like life is hopeless and all of that. And that's, I think that's a natural reaction, right? Maybe that'll be different in like a hundred years from now when we'll be will grow up with different conditioning, right? But it's natural to feel that. It's just how long you, you linger in that that makes a difference, right? And like what your attitude towards it is also, right? So if I'm now angry and resentful that I feel that way and I'm like trying to suppress it and deny it, then I'm not really allowing it to express and I'm going into low vibration feelings that are not really helping what is happening right? Not helping you shift out of it. And, 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 excuse me. And what I noticed also is, is how I am not present during those, those other periods. And, and so being present um, has really solidified uh, sort of this, the understanding of, of how things are, are working, how my experiences are, because the, when, we talk about being asleep or being awake in transformational work. You know, it's like when we're asleep, we're in the emotion, we're in our past, we're in the victimhood and we don't, we're, we're just running on autopilot. Right. But the moment we notice, Oh, I'm doing that. Or I'm in that. Um, I was telling a client this morning about the minute that we're present, the minute we notice we're present. Because you can only be present to notice, right. <laughs> right. Right. right? So, so here I am. I notice. Oh, I am sad. I'm not making meeting about the sadness. I am just sad. Oh, I'm happy. And I've, I've, I, I even said that. You know, like to my wife. I remember the other day. I just, I was sitting on the couch, and then I said to her, "I says, I just had a happy feeling go through me." Mm. 
right? It's just like, I just felt really good. And, and we don't really question them. But when something bad or something kind of uneasy comes through us, it's sort of like, okay, what the hell is going on now? Right. Because, because we were raised, you know, being shamed about. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it's like we do that to ourselves. Yeah. But the try. moment the moment I notice, oh, I'm a little sad right now, it shifts automatically. It right. just changes automatically because in the present moment, it's allowed to. Right. So. You know, the, the thing that I more recently really, really like experienced on my own life, you know, and learned something that I intellectually I knew, but I feel like I hadn't done enough somatic processing, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Somatic. It's just, you realize how kind of pointless it is after a while to try and intellectualize our feelings and emotions, right? It's important, that, that's an important piece of it then that's important to do, right? Mm-hmm. At some point to process and understand what we feel and how certain situations make us feel, right? Process our experiences. But then the body actually releases things in a very different way. And like, there was a lot of relief in just allowing my body to release whatever unstuck emotions were in there, right? Without having to know exactly what it was. Yes. Right? And the result is exactly what you're, we're trying to achieve through intellectualizing, which is like, we wanna get rid of it, right? We no longer wanna feel that. So we try to do it through the, you know, intellect, but the intellect can only go so far. But truthfully, after doing this somatic work release lately, I feel so much lighter. I feel so much less reactive. Mm-hmm. Like things that would normally still trigger me a little bit that I, I would get really like upset. Like I've looked at this piece so many times. I've done so much. <laughs> at work and it's still triggering me right so i could i could go there you know still and now it's just disappeared it just disappeared because i think it's no longer stuck somewhere in my body right and there's so much relief actually not having to go dig and figure out what it was that exactly there who cares it's gone it's, it's, it's gone. garbage yeah it's gone. it didn't yeah. serve it was it was like yucky you know, like low vibration emotions stuck in my body somewhere. They were like creating automated loops of yeah. reactiveness that were not serving me. I don't really even care what they were. No. What I care about is how I feel now. Exactly. So it's amazing, you know, and, and that and I'm not saying this by saying just bypass it because no, the other doesn't work either. You can't just go do a bunch of somatic release and then you haven't processed things on a mental level, on an emotional level, right? On a spiritual level. And, and that's that's a really the biggest lesson that I really learned even looking back at my own experiences, like within each one of those huge moments, tragic moments, difficult moments, there was always a lesson. There wasn't just a mindset lesson. There wasn't just, you know, about growing mentally. It was growing spiritually as well and 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 that really is to me the most powerful approach that we could take to anything that we do in our lives you know like whether it is our own like physical health or mental health or you know like just really realizing and that, that we are layered beings right we're not just the body we're not just the mind we're not just the spirit we're all of it and so the self-care and the take the best way to take care of ourselves as a whole is to look at all the different parts that make us a whole. And and to note also that because it's in the form, like it has a physical presence, everything that has a physical presence that we can sort of point to, touch, changes. It's in constant change. And the only constant that I'm aware of, and, and this is the, the piece, this, this is the scary spiritual part that people got kind of like, ooh, what's going on here? <laughs> is who is that that is experiencing? 
And the more I keep asking that question, the more I keep pointing myself in that direction, who is being sad? Like we even talk spiritually, right? We say, oh, I am sad. Okay, who is the I that you're referring to? Right, well, that's me. Okay. I am that. Right? When I first heard that years ago, I, I really couldn't get my head around it. I thought it meant for me to be something. Like, okay, mm -hmm. so I will be that. And if, if I'm that, then I'll be able to, you know, so it was sort of like, let me be first and then I can have and do and all that other kind of stuff. Well, I found it's this extra little layer about, you know, since I don't have any control over what thoughts are embarking me, then I'm actually this thing called the conscious observer. Like I'm the one that's observing this going on and I can feel, does it happen all the time? No. I feel like I'm in the thick of things, but there are many, many times, including quite recently, where there's this detachment. It's almost like you're in a movie theater, you know, it's sort of like, oh, this is my crazy life. Oh, cool. Right. And you accept it as that. So a lot of people are afraid of the word spirituality because they tie it into religion and, and dogma and all that other kind of stuff. But spirituality means just the formless. What is the formless energy behind our experiences? Right. And, you know, Romy, um, Carl Jung pointed it to, Einstein pointed it to it, um, that Descartes, all the great philosophers all pointed to this formless piece. And the more we ask the question, who am I that is feeling? Right. What is that? There's, there's something, there's something to explore and and, and uh, powerful in that. I mean, I, I find the spiritual piece really gives you a different perspective, a really broad view on life, right? Puts things into a different place and perspective, right? But we're often, you know, like you were saying, well, we're not always there, right? Sometimes we're in our bodies, right? Yeah. We, we came here in this body to experience life through this body, right? So the same can be true for someone who's always on that spiritual level and living life from that. I hate to use the word higher perspective. No, no, no higher perspective. That's how most people yeah. reference to it, yeah. right? The higher perspective. And they, there's an inability to be in their bodies, to be present with their body because there's being present with that too actually feeling your body right and that's that's Absolutely. actually one of the things that i really learned like to be more in touch because that disconnection that you're talking about can happen for people within their bodies too it happens to me too it happens to all of us right that we're not actually in touch with what's happening in our body and when we pay more attention to the to what we are feeling in our body then we're it's a map it's a map like we're our body speaking to us right yeah. Yep. And when we feel our body, we stay present with it, that we know exactly what's happening, right? We know exactly when something doesn't feel right. We know exactly when there's a place that we need to pay attention to, right? So again, instead of just being in our heads all the time or being up there, you know, like, it, it, we're, the way I see it is that we are really meant to, like, roam you know like shift from there to the mind to the body like it's all of it is being present you know it, it is it's 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 that i know um <clears throat> sid banks you know the uh, the mystic that was living on in on salt spring and wrote a few books that really influenced a lot of my thinking you know the missing link uh being for one you know said that life's a contact sport and i know he meant it as you're going to get your punches you're going to get your knocks and all this other kind of stuff but i but somehow i heard it differently i heard it as we need to be in contact with the physical side of things like like it's part of us like this is the conduit right. this is us the spiritual having the, the human experience and it's not a human having a spiritual experience Right. So, right. So it's, so it, we need these bodies mm -hmm. as much as they're going to wear out and eventually, you know, not service any purpose anymore, but that's how we interact. It's through our touch, 
our fe our feelings, our our senses, our hearing. And when we're not afraid of that kind of experience, we can we can embrace life as it is. Right. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot that we ex like we are here to experience the whole experience. Yes. Right? Sometimes yeah. we're more attuned to like the I am, right? Like you're saying, and sometimes we're more attuned to our bodies and or our minds. We're just in our heads, right? Yeah. And all yeah. of those experiences have value in them. It's we're a whole. Really, yeah, we're really I mean think about it you could be you could be the most enlightened person but you you have no connection with your body you don't really pay attention to your body you could be really unhealthy you could be really overweight and like all of those things contribute to the experience that you're going to have of life right so if your body is not healthy it's going to affect your thoughts it's going to affect your feelings it's going to affect the way you experience life Right, so we're really here to experience life, and sometimes we're more attuned to the observer. Sometimes we're more attuned to the way our body feels, especially if we're ill. Right, that can really take over, and you know we can be much more in our bodies in that moment, or we can feel really well, and that can add to the other levels of this experience called the human experience. Right. Yeah, and and there's this notion of of. Like we have two minds that we, um, it's one mind, but we use it two different ways. And we've culturally been sort of brainwashed into the intellectual part, right? You know, where we have to figure things out more and more. And I was there, I was there. And, you know, I would try and think my way out of problems, you know, to think of a solution. And what I realized was that it's very limiting. Like what I know is finite. Like it's, it's limited. I can only, what it's only past experiences. That's all I can rely on is my memory. When we get in touch more with the intuitive side, the more creative side, there's that there's what opens up is, is possibilities. There's, there's this thing called, and I remember the first time I, I was, it was, it was pointed to me. Because I've always experienced it, and I uh, and people when I say it will know. Yeah, I've had those experiences in the past, but we brush them off. And that, and I'm what I'm calling is the out of the blue moments, mm -hmm. where we are in a relaxed state, whether it's in the shower or driving a car, and all of a sudden, an out of out of the blue idea comes in, which you know sometimes is is an answer to a solution or it's sort of like oh that's where i left my keys you know kind of a thing we dismiss those as as kind of one-offs right or, or we don't hear them flat out right or we, we flat out don't hear yeah yeah but i find them the more and more i i listen you know like they're they're not predictable but they're very reliable and the more I'm in tune to pay attention to them, there's there's an easiness. I, I find I don't have to figure things out all the time. I don't have to come up with the right answer. I don't need to be doing anything other than following a guidance, following a nudge, see what happens, right? We, we do this in coaching, right? We, we, we remove our agenda and just follow the lead of our clients. Right. You know, the other thing that I I want to point to is that, you know, like within feelings, right, we have this weird relationship with feelings, right, how, whether or not we want to be vulnerable and speak about them and like, you know, put them out there or like flat out just suppress them. But really feelings are the language of your heart too, right? Yeah. And your heart is is very powerful, right? There's so much research now around how, it really like affects the magnetic field around us, right? Energetically, it's a, it's basically another brain, right? Yeah. yeah. And really feelings is and being in your body actually gets you more attuned to that part of you, right? Yeah. And that is such an important part of our experience, right? The more we get attuned to that and the more we pay attention to it and we hear what it is that it needs or is telling us, 
and the more we can be in harmony with that part of ourselves. And actually, you know, talking about getting a little more woo-woo, right, manifestation, that's really the place where you manifest from. But again, what we want to do is we want to intellectualize all of it, right, pre-plan it and, like, create it all through our minds. It's really not just through our minds that we create this reality, right? It's through that mind-body connection and how that energetic field gets created. And it does really have a close relationship with our feelings. Yes, 100%, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So when, I'm going to put you on the spot. So when did you, was there a particular insight or event that pointed you to towards that heart-centered type of? So it's somatic healing. Um, well, I mean, I, I think that the really the first time that I started really like realizing this was when I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, right. which is all about trauma, how trauma is stored within our bodies. But like, I feel like I didn't quite understand, you know, like what that meant. But as I was reading the book, I was, I mean, I'm like, check, check. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of resonance in a lot of what he was describing in terms of trauma. Uh, I came to doing like this somatic work through realizing that, you know, that there's just, I'm just not able to shift some of this stuff through the mindset work, through not even just through the emotional work. And then I realized, well, the somatic release is another piece of it. And it just happened to, you know, I think as that awareness came, uh -huh. the synchronicity happened. You know, I experienced, I had a breathwork session that just fell on my lap. And I had this massive release. And then after that, another synchronicity a couple of weeks later through a sound bath, where again, there was more somatic release that happened. And another one after that, you know, and through this like really totally three sessions, yeah, I feel like I'm in such a different place. Like I'm not, things that would normally like really trigger me are not as, I'm not as reactive to them. And also considering what I'm going through in this moment, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a move, I'm in the middle of a lot happening in my personal life. Yes. Yes. There's a calmness to, to me that is not familiar, right? And yeah, and I think it really has to do with stuff leaving my body, <laughs> you know, like being released out of my body. So there's there's more room for, you know, like patience and, you know, like uh, processing things, you know, like I have more space within me too. Well, and, and that that part um, I think is, is really important, like, what you're experiencing and, and and I have, you know, constantly is is our innate wellness and resilience that we have innate. The fact that we have thinking removes us. Right. Right. And there are several examples, and you talk about manifestation and whether whether, you know, that was the key element. The key element for me has always been the letting go of thought, the letting go of, of a position, whether it's letting go of, of being a victim in the moment or letting go of, I, well, I'll, I'll just see what happens. I'll just see what happens, you know? And I remember one incident, you know, like, uh, um, you know, raising four kids, you know, I, I even the, in spite of, I had like three jobs going on, we were, paycheck to paycheck and as a matter of fact the paychecks weren't even meeting the expenses and there was a time just before christmas and and i i'm sure i shared this story before because it's, it's but the um you know we didn't know like how christmas is important how are we gonna give gifts you know kind of a thing and and i remember just thinking okay could it get any worse it was one of those moments and i just said you know what we'll just see what happens we'll just see what happens i, I just let go and carry carried on and there was a there was a a lightness like you said there's a piece of okay i don't have to think about this anymore i don't have to think about it you know if we don't get presence we don't get presence we'll deal with it we'll figure it out 
it wasn't within a few days within that week i get a phone call from a place i used to work at a bank and they said hey what do you want to do with this uh savings bond and i go what what savings bond well i bought a savings bond 10 years ago had no idea i i forgot all about it but it was that week they chose to phone me <laughs> right you know and it was a significant amount of money that it it got us through into the next year so yeah right i have no idea if they're all connected but it's fun to play that way right it's i mean say, hey do you not do you i know not? i mean like I, i'm saying like people can go oh yeah well that's just circumstance you, no, you, know. you, you can't really prove it to the mind 100 percent, right but we do not that yeah. we do not i mean i feel like yeah one of the things you know that i realized was i would like clear things through my mind but then you know, I learned along the way to pay attention to my body, like, but then there was tension in my body still. Mm -hmm. right? Maybe mm -hmm. there was a feeling of sadness, you know, in my chest or whatever, right? Which I would normally just try and uh, address through shifting the way I think about things, you know, but like that lingering feeling would be still within my chest. Mm -hmm. right? And so I started like, one of the other things before the somatic, you know, release the, the breath work stuff that, that I started like, started like dropping in my field or like just, you know, in looking at YouTube or whatever was like how to raise your vibration, right? Oh, yeah. uh -huh. And that's really all energy, right? That's all about the energy. And there was no talk about anything on the mental level, right? And I really, and that is very much about paying attention to what's going on in your body, right? And shifting what's happening in there. You know, you can do it through visualizing and through the mind, but like it really comes from picking up the signals through your body that, that your body is giving you, and shifting them that way. You know, and sometimes that lingering feeling is just calling for a good cry, right? Mm -hmm. And when you let go of knowing why you need to cry and why am I so sad? Oh my God, I'm so depressed. I'm like this cannot be happening. It's not a good time for me right now. I gotta move, I have all this stuff going on. Like who's got time for, right? Instead of doing all of that, oh, there's some sadness there. Okay, what happens if I pay attention to it and actually feel the sadness, you know? And, and to be honest, I was shocked at how much time it took sometimes for me to be able to even like shed one tear. <laughs> like yeah. I realized another thing that like I intellectually thought of myself as someone who had no problems crying and feeling her emotions, but there was a mechanism within myself that was suppressing that. Yeah. It was yeah. not allowing me to shed those tears and it had to do with I got so much to do. I got to pick up the kids. I got to do this, right? So that mechanism was very mind running in the background in my yeah. unconscious mind, you know, like subconsciously running. And I was like, oh, wow. I thought I was someone who had no problems crying, you know, being vulnerable. But clearly there were some, some aspects of my life that I am subconsciously controlling you know, in order to survive and keep going. And that's actually not healthy, right? And I realized, yeah, how it was, oh, wow, it's so hard for me to feel this. And somehow once that awareness came in, then literally I was able to cry, you know? And it wasn't like I didn't spend hours crying, right? No, 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 no. you but release it and it yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it felt like, almost felt like a pressure cooker that you just lifted the lid. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was those few drops that needed to come out. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I also want to say, you know, it wasn't just the awareness. It was also putting myself in situations and like, you know, doing things that really promote that. So in nature, you know, like going on a hike and like staying present and not, you know, even if I go with someone, we do like silent portions, like for about an hour where a lot of this stuff starts coming, bubbling up to the surface. Because there, there's, there's an energy to, you know, talking about energetic processing, there's an energy to nature that, that in intelligence 
to nature that once you really stay present and connect to it, really helps you move all this stuff out of your body and process it. I highly recommend it to anyone. So oftentimes that happened that way. You, um, again, we're pointing back to the present, being present, right? right? right. And so what, what came up this morning in a conversation was this, this notion, I was talking about how I have conversations with people and I, and I, and I was saying like, you know, like I don't, I don't want an agenda. I don't want to lead a conversation. I want to follow the conversation. Right. So I want to, you know, I want to hear more than what I want to speak. Uh, having, having this conversation, what I'm hearing is, I actually do that a lot in just my physical presence too. Like you talked about listening to your body. Like I could, I can try and lead myself through my life and, and keep bumping into things. Right. Or I can listen and follow, follow the gentleness, the wisdom, the nudges, Right. The nudges that say, hey, I think it's time for a walk. I think it's time to leave the computer right now. I think it's time to whatever and follow those rather than trying to. OK, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. I've got so much to do. I've got to think, OK, what's the plan of action here? When, in fact, all I really need to do is pay attention to the fact that I'm feeling this way. And then allow that feeling. And then just to see what occurs to me to do next, which might be, oh, let's go get a cup of coffee, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Just step outside for a walk. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is, like not as a strategy, but whatever moves you. And this is what I'm finding more and more of. Yeah, a lot of times it does lead me outside. A lot of times it leads me to doing something totally different, like distracting myself. Right? Our our bodies and this is from that book too, is, is, has a high intelligence that when we pay attention to it, it will give us what we need. It will tell us what we need to do. I mean, if you think about the fact that your body is keeping you alive since day one, beating without you having to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. How, how can it not be intelligent? Exactly. The conditioning around it, the like, we're so blindsided to the truth that's like we are in, we're embodying that truth this body is keeping us is like digesting food is regenerating at all times miracle we're, we're a miracle. Testament. i know it's a miracle and we're like we're not gonna trust what that our body's giving us a signal like yeah, yeah because we this muscle up here has been so overworked that we lost sight of everything else just as well as we have lost sight of the fact that really paying attention to our lives and our personal lives our personal needs is the thing that's going to empower you to show up differently yeah. in doing your job and creating things and everything that you you are like conditioned to think that's a priority above all right so i'm going to sit in front of this computer and push and get into that life yeah doing because then i'm gonna get this done i'm gonna create this business i'm gonna make money right i'm in that energy of doing and pushing right and i'm dismissing all these other things that really truthfully are, are there to help me live yeah. more in power help me show up more powerfully right was, we were created that way i mean our ancestors they they were uh, um counted on everything as as right they used every piece of us to to survive right. and we've just culturally pushed pushed all that away and no no we're going to be you got to be smart enough you got to you know intelligence you got to you got to figure things out you got to gather knowledge you, all this right. kind of knowledge is power all this kind right. of stuff. titles and yeah we yeah, forgot us. yeah we forgot how to really survive and when all of that is gone, that's what we'll be left with. We'll be left with back trusting, right? Trusting our instincts. This doesn't feel right. Those kind of things, right? So, I yeah. Mean, we're, we're gonna be left with the, with the memory of the experience, how we have experienced life, 
right? Because, I mean, we this is no news to anyone, right? Business success is not going to create happiness. Money is not going to create happiness. But when you, when you have, when you experience life from a place of fulfillment and happiness and, you know, presence, that's what you're going to remember, right? And those, those were, you know, probably like talking about the lessons learned, right, along the way. When you're faced with death, when you're faced with loss, when you're faced with living the rest of your life without someone that you love, you're not going to really think about how good of a job they had or like, you know, how much money you had. You're going to think about what they left, the experiences that I have left you with, what they made you feel, right? And so to think that we can just bypass our feelings or like suppress them and, you know, not acknowledge them and not be connected to that part of ourselves is really denying who we are. Yeah. As, is really denying the experience that we're here to have, right? Because what we are chasing is is the feeling. What we are chasing. 100%. Is every, every patient complaint that I dealt with as a, as a paramedic was not that he put the Band-Aid on wrong. It was how the paramedic made the patient feel. Right. That's what they remembered. They remembered the warm blanket, the the calming conversation they don't remember how the treatment went right so so that i i remember that early in my career it's you treat people right you can never go wrong you know it's just you know people want to be heard the feelings are far more important than any any skill set that you have and we just sometimes forgot how to be human yeah, we, we often forget how to be human. We, we deny a part of ourselves. We deny yeah. a part of ourselves. There's so much conditioning in it. And even the awareness of it sometimes is not enough to override a program that's been there yeah. for sometimes almost our entire lives, right? Well, not, or even inter, intergenerational, like, you know, past, past, right? I mean, we yeah. can get into past generations things too like the sins of our fathers right but um we're at the top of the hour again (laughs) and once again we fill we fill an hour we do we always do yes it's super easy to do i wonder um someone has any questions we have like a few more minutes um and if not you know i will be to see you again next week yes yes it was an awesome conversation. Um, again, my friend, always so insightful. And it's fun. It's fun because we we learn from each other. Even it doesn't matter how many years of, and this is why I talk about there's no learning curve in this work. It's it's insight by insight. It's realization. It's realization. That's the levels that we're talking about. Right. Right. So it's um yeah. What we just did today, this ability to really look back and see what you have learned and how you have yeah. evolved is such an important part of it, right? Because yeah. it's not just about when we just like keep going, we're just we're just paying attention to the last experience, the last thing that the, the latest insight that we've had. But when we do this, when you do this exercise of looking at the whole thing at the whole picture and how you've gotten here and all the how it's all like stacking up on top of each other along the way then now you get you even get reminded of things that you you forgot about right and you get you you get a sense of moving forward instead of stagnation and like you know things are not happening fast enough you know no they We've gone a long way. I personally see my life as that, and I think for everyone. And there's a long more to To go, go. right? There's many blank pages of the chapter, like they have have to be written, and so the work is never done. (laughs) I mean, I you know, maybe this is something that we could talk about. Let's just come up with a different word, different word for the for the word work. Right, because work has almost you know we talked about labels. It's a four-letter word. 
it's got <laughs> it's got a heavy feeling to it right yeah. it's just really about living life you know and yeah, like living is. life in a you know with presence and awareness that really what it is and it, it does take a little bit of work right until we find a new word for it <laughs> you betcha anyways you have an awesome week and we'll talk you to too. you yeah if you like uh, what's happening, please subscribe, share us with with your friends and family, and help and us spread you, the love and amplify the impact. These yeah. are important conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Listen to the podcast when it drops. <laughs> Bye, everyone, see you next Bye, week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate every listener that is committed to the journey of transformation. And if you found value in today's episode, join us for the next conversation as we take on a new topic every week. Subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss any tips and insights. Your experience of the show means a lot to us. So please help us amplify our impact by posting an honest review. This action matters to us more than you know. You can find us on social media at An Honest Look Podcast and on our YouTube channel at An Honest Look. Bye for now. Ciao, ciao, and until next time. <laughs>